You're listening to Blue Gold Radio Sunday, WUEC 89.7 FM, Eau Claire. This is Through the Years, where we go through music's most influential and important artists. If I told you today's artist was a failed dance instructor, never learned how to write proper musical notations, yet had more top 40 hits on Billboard than any other artist of the 1980s, who would you think of? Now, what if I told you he created the soundtrack for two Disney movies, was a side character in movies like Hook and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, or wrote a book on the Battle of the Alamo? At this point, my guess would be as good as yours, but if I played you just a few seconds of drums, you'd probably be able to recognize him instantly. I'm of course talking about the legendary Phil Collins. For a man with the philosophy, if I can hum it, then I can play it, he seemed to dominate his musical career. That being said, let's get into his early life and discography. Born January 30, 1951, Phil Collins started his musical journey at age five when he was gifted a toy drum kit for Christmas. He would replicate drums from the radio and TV and at age seven entered a talent show singing the ballad of Davy Crockett. He ended up stopping that audition halfway through just to tell the orchestra that they were in the wrong key. Growing up, Collins was heavily influenced by drummers such as Ringo Starr and Buddy Rich and listened to numerous soul albums specifically mentioning Motown's influence. He dropped out of school at 14 to become a full-time pupil in a performing arts program. His mother worked as a booking agent for the Barbara Speak Stage School, which allowed Collins to explore a field in acting. Funny enough, his first acting performance was as an extra on the Beatles' A Hard Day's Night film. He was also an extra in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but his scene ended up being cut. He also auditioned for the role of Romeo in the 1968 film Romeo and Juliet. He later landed a gig at a local pub where he heard the likes of Manfred Mann and Yes for the first time. He was later offered the position to be the drummer of Yes, but he failed to show up for the audition. He then joined a small group called Flaming Youth and dropped a concept album in 1969 heavily inspired by the moon landing. The band disbanded a year later in 1970, and in May of this year, he landed a spot to play congos on the song Art of Dying by George Harrison, but his recording was cut as well. He ended up revisiting that song years later, asking Harrison why he was cut. Harrison then sent him an audio snippet of some rather horrible drumming, to which Collins got embarrassed and apologized for his performance. As it turns out, though, that poor drum recording Harrison sent him was actually a joke Harrison had played on Collins. In July of 1970, the band Genesis lost their drummer and guitarist. Genesis hosted an audition at their lead singer's house, who just so happened to be Peter Gabriel. Phil Collins arrived early to practice the sheet music they had and to also maybe swim in Peter Gabriel's pool for a bit. He was signed in August of that year and did occasional background vocals as well as percussion when he was in the band. That band released four albums from 71 to 74 before Peter Gabriel left in 1975. After hundreds of auditions, Phil Collins decided to just simply replace Peter Gabriel as the lead vocalist of Genesis. In 76, they released the album, A Trick of the Trail. 
This album was a turning point for the band. Even Rolling Stones noted that they turned the possible catastrophe of Gabriel's departure into their first broad-based American success. On tour, Collins accepted the former Yes and King Crimson drummer Bill Bruford to play the drums while he sang. He then signed former Frank Zappa drummer Chester Thompson as an actual band member for their upcoming album, and then there were three. When that album was released in 77, it paved the way for radio-friendly progressive rock. After the tour ended in 78, Collins took three-year leave in an attempt to fix his failing marriage. In 1981, the divorce was finalized, and the newly single Collins went back to the studio in hopes to clear his mind. Through his turmoil and wave of emotions, he released a debut album, Face Value, in February of 81. iconic drumming snippet of all time. Yet, learning about his recent divorce made the lyrics stand out a bit more to me. Quote, but I know the reason why you keep your silence up. No, you don't fool me. While the hurt doesn't show and the pain still grows, it's no stranger to you and me. End quote. Makes me think differently, but there's still some success with this album I'm dismissing. The album reached number one on Billboard in seven countries and sold over five million copies. In September of 81, he returned back to Genesis to release the album Abacab, which became a big success for the Genesis name. The year 1981 broke Phil Collins down just to launch him into success and stardom. In 82, he produced and performed on solo albums from the members of ABBA and Led Zeppelin. In November, he released his second solo album named Hello, I Must Be Going. Although slightly less popular than the debut, it was a crucial secondary step into cementing Phil Collins as one of the greats. The next year, Genesis decided to drop a self-titled album that rebranded the group as more radio-friendly while still maintaining their integrity. In 84, he released a single, Against All Odds, which landed him his first number one hit on Billboard and a Grammy.
This same year, he produced an album from the member of Earth, Wind & Fire, Philip Bailey, that included their duet, Easy Lover. Nineteen eighty-five was an extremely busy year for music. We are talking the best albums from Phil Collins, Tears for Fears, Dire Straits, Motley Crue, and more. Nonetheless, when Collins released No Jacket Required, he came out swinging, and I'm talking bases loaded, nailing home runs type of swinging. No Jacket Required beautifully captures the sound of the eighties by incorporating catchy choruses and thumping drums on one song, then some synth-driven and spacey love song on the next. Without a doubt, his most successful and memorable album, winning him three Grammys and the title of Album of the Year. In 86, Genesis released Invisible Touch, which is their most successful album to date. In 89, Collins returned with a more emotional record named But Seriously. The title hints at a more serious expression of Phil Collins, tackling both social and political issues. The track Another Day in Paradise actually has a David Crosby of Crosby, Stills & Nash as a background vocalist. In 91, Genesis released their album We Can't Dance, soon to be the band's fifth consecutive album to reach number one on the UK Billboard charts. Collins decides to drop a more experimental and gentle album named Both Sides. Although still successful, it was more so forgettable than his previous works. He chose to resign from Genesis in 96, and the band decided to release one more album after his resignation, before they all disbanded themselves. This same year, Collins released Dance Into the Night, a lively and exciting performance which was basically the exact opposite of Both Sides. It wasn't until 1999 that Phil Collins regained his popularity by getting signed by Disney to create the soundtrack for an upcoming Tarzan. This bond between us can't be broken I will be here, don't you cry Cause you'll be in my heart Yes, you'll be in my heart From this day 
I've heard some people claim that this is the best kids movie soundtrack of all time. Pretty bold statement, but I guess I don't really know the competition, so I'd probably have to agree on that one. He came back with another soundtrack in 2003 with the movie Brother Bear. I grew up with Brother Bear and Tarzan, so I might be biased based on nostalgia, but this album is it's just fun. I've forgotten most of these songs, and it's nice revisiting them for the first time in years. Sad to say, this was a marking point for the end of his career. He dropped a couple more albums, but they didn't quite live up to the household name he had established. He ended up resigning from the music industry in 2011. Hindsight, he had a respectable run and absolutely crushed the 80s. What a great example of following a passion and dedicating yourself to that passion once you have the opportunity to do so. Phil Collins has sold over 150 million records worldwide, making him one of the best-selling artists of all time. He also has a bunch of movie appearances over his lifetime that I've completely left out of this segment, so if you're curious, check him out. He's got some weird appearances too, such as being a talking point on American Psycho, being a voice actor on GTA Vice City, and being a major part of one South Park episode. Either way, I love the guy for being a big portion of 80s music and for being an unseen part of my childhood. I'll, of course, end this segment with my favorite Phil Collins song, which means this has been through the years on Blue Gold Radio Sunday, WUEC 89.7 FM, Eau Claire. This is Take Me Home by Phil Collins. Seems so 